Thank you for tuning in. You're watching Burnham Podcast on YouTube or maybe on Rumble. You can also find it anywhere you listen to podcasts. So wherever you've found it, know that you can find it other places too. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for watching. If you like what you see, here's how you can help. Head over to patreon.com slash Burnham Project. Thank you very much. So tonight I got to sit down with a man who is a big part of what is known as Levy Church here in Rome, Georgia. It's a ministry outreach that caters to the needs of the homeless community here. Uh, maybe there's one in your town. Hopefully there's one in your town. Every town ought to have a group of guys just like these guys. Uh, Mr. Wes Chafin, welcome to Burnham Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Burnham. Here we are with Mr. Wes Chafin. How are we doing, Wes? Doing great. Thank I you. asked you that like we haven't been here talking for twenty minutes. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> thanks for uh, having us, having me here. And yeah, uh, no, I really, for being here. I appreciate the invite. Really do. Yes, Thank sir. You. We're gonna get into some the life and times of Wes Chafin, and we're gonna talk about your your ministry. Um, so we'll just start right there. If it's all the same with you, what what uh, what are you into? Well, you know, um, it's it's really not my ministry. Um, sure. Uh, <laughs> um, let's just kind of, I, I think uh, we want to talk about Levy Church and, mm-hmm. and, you know, where did Levy Church come from and how did it all evolve and who, who were those primary pro- players? Well, first, you know, you have to give the glory to the Lord and he just kind of put all the right people in the right places. Yeah. And so, um, you know, there was a, a culmination of about four or five guys about ten years ago, Mark Huckabee, it's Greg been K. Ten years, you guys been doing this? It's been over ten years. I think. Wow, uh, it's a little bit. It's probably say a little, uh, ten, eleven years. Uh, Mark Huckabee, um, Greg Cater, Ken Ward, and a couple of others. Uh, Bert Hunt um, started out right across the street here at Partridge. Okay. Started doing a a ministry. I think they were actually meeting bef- at an- another place before the Partridge. And it kind of evolved in this organic setting, uh, kind of spawned from Life Church, and they started this Sunday morning ministry for the homeless downtown. So it came out of Life Church. It came out of Life Church. Oh, it did. Okay. It did. And and but it but it had different players in it. It right. had different people from different churches, but those were the kind of the primary folks. And um, it started and it took off and. Um, I I came into uh, the ministry about seventeen. Um, you know, when we when the Lord redirects our life, and you start asking the Lord for the job that you want Him, what that you want Him mm. to do in your life, yeah, He'll give you things that you wouldn't expect. So I was praying for, okay, I, give me a job. What's it going to be? And one afternoon, I get a phone call from Mark Cope. Hey, man, we got a homeless thing going on downtown. It starts about 8 o'clock. Why don't you come in and just bring a, a case of water and join us? And you don't have to do anything. Just see if you want to, you know, see if you want to do something with it. I don't know. I won't do that, Mark. You know, I don't, I don't, want, to, I don't want to hang out with homeless folks and do all kinds of stuff like that. At 8 o'clock on a Sunday morning, I'm still in the bed, you know. <laughs> and... <laughs> So I just kind of blew it off. Mm-hmm. Three or four months later, Mark calls me again. He said, hey, you didn't, you didn't show up the other day. I was just like, you know, why don't you 
why don't you show up and, and, and let's do this. Well, this was about December 16. Well, we, I let the year turn over into 17, and I show up one Sunday morning. And by that time, the ministry had moved down to Moe's, down the street here. Mm-hmm. And it was inside, and I walked in, and there was homeless people in the room there, in that little catering room off to the side at Moe's. And I was real out of place, brought my water, sat it down, and just kind of looking around like, okay, what in the world am I doing here? <laughs> and I think Greg spoke, and I think David Humphrey spoke, because David speaks quite a bit at, our, at some of our things. And um, I remember crying all the way home mm. and saying, God, what are you doing? You know, I, I, I don't, you know, don't want to do this. This oh, is not man. me. This is not me. And I got home, and I was so convicted and so so overwhelmed with the Holy Spirit saying, "You know, Wes, you got to do, do this." Um, it just it just lit a fire under me. Yeah. And for like three or four months, the Lord began then to work in my life to kind of direct me. This is where you're going to be for a while. Yeah. I don't know how long I'm going to be. Right. In, in in this homeless ministry, I don't I don't know where God's taking that, but I'm just going to just be obedient to it and do it. And uh, you know, knowing where it came from because it just started with the guys downtown just ministering and feeding, and and those guys got it started. I really didn't haven't done anything. I've just I told Greg when I first started, and I told Mark, I just want to help where I'm needed. Yeah. I don't. I don't have to speak. I don't have to do this. I don't have to do that. And I don't. I'm kind of like the event coordinator and that sort of thing, and get people together and make sure the communications going back and forth during the week so that everybody can make sure the food's there and who's going to be speaking on Sundays and stuff. So it's kind of evolved, and that's kind of my role now. But during that, during that, those early days, Danny, I. I was just serving and handing out food. Mm-hmm. But what I learned was, is that I learned how to love people. Mm. Which is key in any ministry, right? And, and, and you don't have that. Danny doesn't have it in his heart. I don't have it in my heart just to just love somebody. God gives us that. Mm. And I prayed for it. And he said, you're going to be loving on homeless people. And when he gives you something like that, you want to know where it comes from. Yeah, yeah. Because you know, it's like holy, holy cow, you know. And with all that said, it just it spawned into this love for serving folks that were the least of these. Yeah, and they come in all different short shapes, forms, and sizes. So, Levy Church is an organic ministry. It's made up of chaplains and volunteers from several different churches around town. We all kind of take turns. Uh, Life Church, Redemption Church is kind of like the is the tip of the spear, and then we have Westminster out in West Rome that helps us. Rush Chapel, little tiny Methodist church up north, and Shannon they they have a great congregation. They do once a Sunday. And we have several different other congregations. Uh, North Rome Church of God will often have a couple of people come in. Hollywood Baptist. Um, you'd be surprised how many churches just, they'll have a couple of folks show up and just want to see what's going on. Yeah, yeah. 
No, that's, you know, but you think about ministry, right? And, and so many people, the first thing they think of when they think of ministry right. is a pastor. Right, well, I want to be in ministry, but I don't want to do that. And then you think about what you guys are doing, and a lot of people will say, well, I don't want to do that either. You know, and it's, it's a reminder, I think, uh, to sit here and talk with you that ministry is not what we want it to be. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not what we would pick out, or it's not mm-hmm. what we think we're suited for. I would never have said, oh, yeah, I'll be the pastor of a church one day. You know, that was just not something I ever wanted to do. I always kind of knew that mm. God was pushing me that way. Mm. And like you said, he presents you with something, and it's no longer an option. It's not. You know, and, and you can try to make it optional, but it's just going to burn you up from the inside until you get it out. But but to see you do something different, you know, it illustrates that there are different facets of ministry. And even in what you're doing, you're not the guy standing up in front of the room talking. You're handing out biscuits and, and bottles of water, you know, mm-hmm. Whatever it is you guys have got going on that weekend, mm-hmm. but that's ministry too. Yeah, it's all just yeah. loving on people. Yeah, and you know, as we were talking earlier before we got started, at the end of the day, it's about a relationship. Yeah, and if we want to take it back to scripture, our the soul when we open the Bible and we start reading, it's about a relationship. A relationship to the Word, a relationship to the Father. Yeah, it's a relationship to Christ. It's a relationship to these people who are at the most vulnerable, the weakest, mm-hmm. the most um, lowest. Um, I've seen really, really pitiful folks, and. And, and in most cases, there's nothing you can do. Yeah. Danny, there's nothing you can do. You could you could dump a million dollars on them, and first of all, it'd be gone in a few months, and money's not going to solve their problem. Right. In a lot of cases, a housing won't even solve their problem. There's a lot of different issues because the homeless has – so many different colors to it and i mean colors like the colors of a shirt and they're in different colors they're in different fabrics and some are very very worn some have holes in it and those different homeless individuals it's it's just a different it's just a different bolt of cloth than the public that we see here today you know we can walk downtown and there's people in their businesses there's people coming from home, shopping and stuff, but the homeless are off to the side and they have their own culture, um, their own set of rules. Yeah, yeah. Um, They have their own network of communication. You'd be surprised how fast word gets around amongst that community. Um, And they're very close-knit. Most of them say, I would say this, what I would call the the Broad Street crowd. Yeah. Because you have the Western crowd, then you have the North Rome crowd, and Mm. then you have that, that place, you know, down South Rome and in the Lindale bunch. I didn't there's, know there was. Yeah, there's just, there's 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 a lot of different ministries that are helping. Um, forget the guy's name, but he does a ministry over on Maple Street. Um, uh, you know, I've communicated on several occasions, but there's a lot of people that try to just be kind to these people and show a give a relationship, give the relationship, and that relationship is is love and care and kindness and compassion and empathy. 
what else? What's a good another another word for it? Just to show that hey, you can talk to me and it's okay, and uh, you share what you need yeah, to share. Yeah, just being open and transparent with people. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. There's a way, you know, and it's through a relationship that you can disarm them, where they don't feel like they have to come in there with their dukes up, mm-hmm. thinking you're gonna judge mm-hmm. them or. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever. Right. You know, they don't. Right. Uh, there's conversations that you've got to have with somebody who is on the street and doesn't want to be. Like these are the things we need to do to fix. The, you know, and that's tough sometimes. But to to get to that point, they've got to know this person wants what's best for me. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's that's a time mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. But you know, I I when you you said a second ago, and I've heard other people say there are a lot of cases where there's just nothing you can do. So what do you guys do in that instance? Um, you know, if there's nothing you can do, you, you know, I, I, and a lot of people are going to come probably kind of scoff at this, but you just pray for these people. Yeah. I mean, that is the one avenue that we do more than anything is pray for people who are at a impasse with just life. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of people in this area, and you know, let's go back a second. So let's talk about those different fabrics okay, of folks. Yeah. So we have, you have the rank homeless, people who have no home to live in due to circumstances. Right. Then you'll have a population that is in addiction. Then you have a, a large population. I wouldn't say large. Large is a, is a relative term. But you have a a population in town that has mental illness, and then you have a population that is on, in addiction and has mental illness, and then you have these transients, these people that just show up from all over the country. Yeah, how they find it, how they find Rome, Georgia, will come across people from Ohio, California. They'll just pass through. You'll see them one weekend, they'll be gone. We'll never see them again. Hmm. Um, but you'll have, you see the demographic there, and your demographic is probably um, 60 white, 40 male, um, 80 men, 20 women mm-hmm. uh, percentage in demographic. Uh, most uh, people are over 40. Yeah, I would say just, you know, I have quite a few interactions here on our main street here in right. town. Um, but yeah, over 40, but not over 60, I wouldn't say. You may have a different experience uh, to me. No, but, that's true. That's yeah. true. We've got um, two ex-cons that are over 60. Yeah. But they've just recently been incarcerated, and that's another demographic. You have the ex-cons. Yeah. And that's a real hard demographic because – Believe it or not, they they are out and they can't get a job. Yeah. And they it's either their offenses or just their conditions that they have no home, they have no clothes, they had nothing. They are on the street because they've just recently been at Jackson or Hayes or wherever. Wow, yeah. And they're just, they're here. The yeah. family don't want them back home. And there you go. Well, it's t- where do you go? I just got out of prison last week. Please give me a job. Yeah. You know, that's now, a even tough ask spot. a family member that question. Though, yeah. Danny. I mean, let's just be real about it. Yeah. And, and, and a lot of families do not take in those people. Some do. Sure. Some do, but some don't. Right. And then that person then is on the street. Mm-hmm. And 
and there they are. And so what we try to do is that we provide a small meal. Um, Bob Landwerlin, uh, he's just a saint. He, out of his own pocket, will spend upwards to $100, $120 in food each Sunday mm. and help feed when some of the, one of the churches is not providing food, but it cost about that. It costs a yeah. hundred to two hundred dollars each Sunday just to feed us. Uh, and then then there was there's a like message. Um, typically, Mark Huckabee or Greg Cater, or we'll have David Humphreys come in. Ken Ward had done it for so long, but you know Ken Ward, Ken Ward had done it for a long time. And then he started his missions, Moldova and Ukraine. Yeah, Ken's all over the world now. And, you know, it just really spent him up. Yeah. And, and he comes back and he sees people who have are in war-torn areas, and he sees people that are homeless that could probably do better, and it just gave him an attitude. Mm. And I get that. And yeah. Ken has inspired so many people, uh, including myself, to just love others, and he just does it just – he's just he's god gifted with it too uh and he's kind of taking a step back and um but you know we've we're all just kind of working in it together and um uh trying to trying to make it less like a church service more like a more like a fellowship yeah well fellowship is the word when i first heard it described to me i thought that's a fellowship that's what that is that's what popped mm-hmm. into my head mm-hmm. so it makes sense but you, yeah. you couldn't get a lot of these folks to come to church you know y'all come on into church like maybe it's not you know i don't want to go in there with the guy wearing a tie you know right. and for people right. to look at me and go right. well he's dirty and he just came in off right. the street right. And, right but you can get him to fellowship right that's a little different yeah and two um, someone said, and this is often, um, this is often said a lot of times is, well, you know, these people can get a job. Why don't they have a job? Mm-hmm. Most of these people, and I, I mean this with the highest respect and the highest love and care and compassion. Most of these people are not fit to carry a job. Mm-hmm. I'm just being real. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, an employer would not want them just based on an addiction issue or, um, um, a mental illness issue. They've got all kinds of cultural, social issues. Can they do the job? They Are they the going to show up? Right. Can know. they? Right. Can they be? Because most of these people have never been raised like you and I have. Yeah. Like you and I come from loving homes. Our parents cared for us. Yeah. Our different our different levels of um, uh, educational socialization are different than these people, and and that that needs to be considered and. To say that these people could come into a church, there's constant interruptions, there's there's talking, there's noise, and you just kind of have to love them. And Greg Cater tells me this all the time: we gotta <laughs> love them where they are. Yeah, and we can't we we can't have some ex, ex, crazy expectation that they're gonna sit through a, a full song or a full sermon without wanting to get up and throw something in the trash. Yeah. Or they're going to cough out loud, and they're going to. Or there's. We've had fights break out. Oh. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm not, not not nothing nothing really bad physical. Yeah, but, right. But you know, we it's just part of it, you know. Yeah. And um, so the population um, is it varies, it ebbs and flows in the demographic, and and we're just used to it, and we just kind of bend with it as God leads us, and. Um, I'm just so fortunate that I'm with the same kind of hearted people. Yeah. 
because Mark has that kind of heart. Greg Cater, Ken Ward, uh, Bob Landwerlin. Um, we got a, a bunch of folks from Redemption Church. Wendy Tinch and her husband, Shane Tinch, um, to kind of get off on the side here. No, go ahead. So we needed a woman downtown. Yeah. We didn't have a woman that could kind of help us because to see a woman in a state of homelessness or a state of addiction is one of the most pitiful things you'll ever see. Yeah. Especially if they're an older woman. It's just you start thinking like, oh, what is her story? You know, what what happened to her, you know? And you look at them, and they're just, it, it's its awful. And I prayed, and I prayed, and I prayed, and I prayed. And this, this went on for a year and a half. Had a couple of ladies come down there, and I thought, okay, this is this, this lady's going to be the one that's going to pick up the standard and help us on the on the lady side because right. it's hard to minister one on one with a woman with their needs and to have a thing that they need to talk about. Yeah, and we really needed a woman in that role. But one day I was sitting at home. It was, it was October two years ago, and I get a phone call, and it's a girl on the phone. She said. Hey, my name's Wendy. Is your are, is this Wes? And I said, Yeah. And she said, uh, I was told I I need to talk to you about uh, homeless that you do a homeless ministry downtown. I said, Well, I don't do it. We just have one downtown. And she <laughs> says, Well, I, can I come? And and the next thing you know, God just drops this really vibrant, energetic, has a story. She came out of addiction herself. Oh, wow. Um, woman that has just just unbelievably just been a huge impact to this to the Levy Church, and she has helped us with the twelve steps downtown. We'll go over sometimes. Some, now be a part of our program. Do the twelve steps, the Alcoholics Anonymous twelve steps. We'll right. do it from more of a biblical standpoint. Uh, she'll do that, uh, or she'll just get up and do her testimony a couple of times. And her testimony is unbelievable. We're talking well, someone who was caught in meth, meth addiction. Yeah. I was going to say it probably sounds similar to what a lot of those people are going to oh, relate yeah. to. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And, 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 and not only did God send me her, but right behind her, three other women came in. Robin uh, Paxton, um, Judy Sorrow. Um, There's one other lady. Um, they came in. And just they they just show up and just if there's a lady there they can go over there and mingle with them and ask them questions and it really helps us spread the relationship out better yeah and fellowship better without kind of singling the ladies out because yeah. it's really hard to have those conversations yeah about clothing about what are your needs today right. Yeah, it's tough that, that there's a gender line there, and it's there. It is, you know, for a reason, and it and it takes somebody of the same gender to go over there and say, it does. "Yeah, these are the things that that I know that you need, and let's talk and about Wendy, those things." And and Wendy, Wendy, and her husband Shane have been just really great, and Judy and and Robin, and they've, they've just stepped in and, and done a lot of things. We've had a, a couple of ladies with Rush Chapel have really stepped up and. And done some fantastic just ministry down there, uh, just to care for those women. And I'm telling you, one thing to see 
you know, uh, uh, older gentlemen that are in that condition, but to see a woman is 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 fairly disturbing. Yeah, uh, it, it'll bug you. Well, it feels like you're looking at mom, right? It does, or grandma, maybe. It does. Or, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, it. You know, we. I guess we just kind of got. We just kind of rolled out with this in you know, this discussion, but there are so many. There's so many things to it that you wouldn't you would never imagine, but. It all goes back to the first thing that we have to do with these people is have a relationship with them. Yeah. And the relationship could be, hey, I care for you and I love you and I'm going to pray for you. I don't, I can't bankroll you. Right. I don't have yeah. a, a million dollars. Yeah. Uh, what, what, are, what are your basic needs today? Yeah. Um, do you need some food? We can get you something to eat. We can, do you need a tent? Do you need a blanket? Do you need some clothes? Those are kind of the, just the basic items just to help them get through the day. Right. Yeah, which is not, I mean, I don't know, depending on how many, what the population is like, how many people are knocking on the door. I mean, some of the biggest churches around here could only give for so much, you know, for so much and so long anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and then certainly what you guys are doing, you're you're a little more limited mm-hmm. financially, you know, from a resource standpoint, because you're trying to feed these folks and they do show up. Mm-hmm. And then you're trying to make sure they've got something tomorrow, you know, or, or as far as you can mm-hmm. stretch it, I guess, but. So what are the what are the financial constraints you guys are working under? Oh wow! So that brings us up to the next big thing. So when about two or three years ago, we would have money come in, and somebody would give us a donation, and that donation could be a thousand dollars, it could be five hundred dollars, it could be twenty dollars, and we'd just take it and we'd pocket it and we'd go get whatever we needed for that Sunday or for that person that we knew or we ran into that needed something. Right. And there wasn't a true a true level of transparency and accountability to that. And I had talked to Greg and I said, Greg, we 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 gotta we gotta do something. We gotta set up a five oh one C three to kind of get this to get us kind of from a legal standpoint and from a transparency standpoint yeah. where we could we can help people in it in it and it be basically legal. Right. Up and up. And Mark Huckabee had also, he and I had talked about it, and we met with several other guys one day at Hardy's over here, and we said, hey, you want to be a part of this? Some of them said no. They had too much stuff going on. And me and Mark and Greg decided to start, uh, you know, our 501c3, 3LM of Rome. And 3LM stands for the least, the last, the lost, and the marginalized. Mm. And... So what we do is we are the kind of the money end of the Levy Church piece, and we also help with um, Ken Ward's ministry. When Ken takes off to Moldova, we'll pull a little bit out and hand him cash yeah. and say, "Take off with this," and you know, you, the Lord's gonna the Lord's gonna tell you what to do with this money. Um, and then we'll have um, we'll have people who'll need some bills paid. Yeah. Because we've got the ex-con that can't get a job, but he's but he's got a place. You know, he's got a place to stay. Right. He needs a car repaired. We can help him with that. Um, there's people that need a heater. Yeah. There's some this homes that especially. don't have heat, that don't have air, mm. that don't have a refrigerator, that do not have the water cut on. And mm. a lot of people don't realize when you are without these basic, basic needs of electricity and water it's a you live in a different it's just it's just, it's just like a different 
time. Well, it's almost so. a third world situation. It is. With, it is. You know. and, and, you're, and, and that does something to you mentally, too, I guess, mm. because I've never been in that situation. I've been camping. Oh, right. I've been, yeah, I've done that sort you of thing. Choose before, that. But though, I've right? never been without it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but we, but our organization, 3LM of Rome, um, we focus on just making sure that we can appropriate that money to the in the best way possible. Because you'll have, uh, let's say the other day, we bought some car parts. Hmm. Now, how, how do you know that that's going to go to car parts? Uh, how do you know spending that money is going to go to car parts? Well, I ordered them and sent them to an address. There I did go. not give him cash. Right, right. And very rarely do we give cash. We do. We have given cash. Very rarely do we keep someone up in a hotel. Yeah. Because that's just a good excuse to go do some drugs under a free roof. Right. Uh, but but we have done that, Danny. Yeah. Um, well, you got to look at you're talking about relationships and you've formed a relationship with this person and you know, they're not going to go into this hotel room and snort the cash you gave them or, you know, Mm -hmm. however that works. But so, yeah, I imagine there's times when you understand the person and the need Mm -hmm. on, you know, the individual level and you do individual things for them. So, yeah. 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 Um, I I encountered, uh, two people out in Kingston highway, um, a man and a woman whose house had burned. But their and their their water was cut off as well, and they were just sitting outside the Dollar General. And I walked up to them and I says, oh, "How can I help you? What do you need?" He said, "We couldn't get the rest of our groceries." I said, "What were your groceries?" So I just took our card and went in there and bought them thirty dollars worth of food. Yeah, and I didn't buy them steak. Right. I mean, I bought them sandwich meat and mayonnaise and bread and some a couple of knickknacks. You know. To get them through the day, I yeah. said, "Do you need some toilet paper? Do you need a blanket? I mean, basic stuff that anyone can do, right. but not everyone does it because they don't. They don't know how, or they don't know. There's just a way to do it. Yeah, and I hate to say it like that, but it it could be it could be a dangerous position you could put yourself in. If your uh, wife walks up to someone, or my wife walks up to someone, mm-hmm. and and they they want to help somebody. It, it's different. It's it's different. But people who are accustomed to it, like myself and Greg and the rest of the guys yep. and gals, it's not that hard. Um, <coughs> excuse me. But um, but but I, we I fed them. I, I gave them a ride home. And he looked at me and he said, "You know, can you can you get me a voucher to get my my water turned on?" And I'm still looking into that because we yeah. have to we have to talk about that. We have to, you know. We just don't go out and just give away money, right? Yeah, but but you can't. You won't have. But it for we very try long. to. Yeah, but we try to, Danny, help them as quickly as possible. Yeah, because this is where it. This is where I get kind of. This is where I get, and, and you might throw a rock at me on this one. <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of churches don't react that fast, and they I need can't to. throw a rock at you. <laughs> and, and Danny, they need to. Yeah, yeah, and. I think one thing that that Redemption Church liked so much is that we were very proactive and we were aggressive in working with these people because you have the shelters, you've got Davies, you have Naomi Center, you got Hope House, you got all these different shelters. Yeah. But are they making that life that they're covering? Is that life is it moving in a direction that they can get out of the shelter, they can get them a job? 
so on and so forth. Because some of these people, like I said, are not going to be able to get a job. Right. Um, and the first thing you have to do with that person is know who they are, know their story, because my my pet project was with a uh, a special needs. I'm not going to mention his name because sure. you'd know who he is. Um, a special needs guy here in town, but he had uh, a physical ailment and he probably had the mental mental capacity of a maybe a six or seven year old. Oh wow! And he had been on the street for a long time. He was staying section eight over at the at the high rise. But there was no way to manage him. His sisters couldn't manage him. The family couldn't manage him. Uh, he's my age or older. And the homeless population was taking advantage of him because they knew he was getting the check. Yeah. And he was just being horribly taken advantage of. Hmm. And we helped. It was it was our first it was our first project. We helped his sister get guardianship over him. And he's now in a group home in Mableton, Georgia. Yeah. He's under 24-hour supervision in a clean, safe, warm, um, um, cared-for environment with professional staff. Yeah. And he goes to workshops every day Hmm. in DeKalb County. He's with other people in the the same kind of situation he is. He gets to come home. When he, if he wants to come home, his sisters can go and get him. I visit him all the time. And I wouldn't have been able to do that if I hadn't started a relationship with the fella. Yeah. I just You just don't come up and say, oh, I'm just going to go help this guy. Right, yeah, yeah. Because they don't know you from Adam, and not. can I trust this guy? Even with the, the mentality like you're talking about, where right. he's operating at this really low level. Right. Yeah, yeah, trust is still – like kids know – to trust or not trust somebody. You know? and so yeah, you break that ice and you form that relationship. And that's not a, that's not a one conversation thing. That's like nope. an ongoing thing you have to nope. develop. What, what is that process like? Um, some of them can be tumultuous. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and some of them can be very easy. Some of yeah. them can be like, okay, I guess I'm a good reader of people and I can tell when someone's safe I can tell when someone's lying to me. I can tell when somebody is not giving me the whole story. Right. It's not a lie. Yeah. They're just not giving yeah. me the whole thing. And when you've, when God's gifted you with certain of those abilities, you, you can kind of, you can kind of figure it out and kind of get to the meat of where you need to go with that individual. Right. One of the individuals we helped and Ken and I worked with him, we got into a, a, um, uh, I call it a dry out center up in LJ. It's off the beaten path. It's a place for men to to get off drugs. Mm. Um, and uh, the guy's name that runs it, it's um, – Is it, it – uh, what's our buddy in LJ? It's in LJ. Is it Andy Craddock? No, it's okay. Bill oh, – his name. I can't think of his name, but it's – I know the place you're talking ma- about. Ma- maybe we can tag it on the – you know, on yeah. the, on the and we can, get, but anyway, we got him up there okay. and it was right before COVID hit. And, um, the guys, he came to us, he said, I got to get off this meth. I'm going to die. It's going to kill me. Hmm. And we, and Ken and I, we took him up there and we went and visited him a couple of times. We'd take him food. We, 
we we coached him we he was in this really cool environment with other men that were going through the same thing right and it wasn't the perfect environment but man it's better than the street though oh man it's better than the street and and i and and then when the government started handing out those checks he had caught word that he had a a check fifteen hundred dollar check in a post office box and he walked off reservation oh and you can't go back if you walk uh, off and all that work and all that time and all that money and that we spent trying to get him in and trying to get him taken care of it was just it was real disheartening and now if he came back to me again i'd you know i'd love him and yeah yeah you still have to vet him again and i'd vet him are you sure you want to do this because you're going to be gone when you're going you're, you're going to dry out you can't be around the people you've been with oh, excuse me the there people you you've been with or your family this is to yeah. focus on you Right, um, and unfortunately, he just walked away from it. Oh, Whereas there are folks that we're helping a guy who right now lives in a tent. I'm not going to say say where because I don't want him to be bothered by anybody. Right, he lives in a tent, and he has a full time job at Texas Longhorn, uh, te- Texas Roadhouse. Yeah, I, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Uh, I, I know another guy that was in the same boat and there was a church that was trying to help him i don't know, you can tell me how common a story like this is it's a church that was trying to help him they say hey, man you got a job you live in a tent and ride a bicycle like let's get you a car mm-hmm. let's get your driver's mm-hmm. license and get you a car mm-hmm. no i don't want to do that and then he put it off forever and ever mm-hmm. and they finally just nailed him down one day and say hey man let us let's help get, you do this you they say you know what I, I don't need that because if i got a car i, I gotta buy this car i gotta i gotta pay keep, insurance right, i gotta right, have right. somewhere to keep it i gotta right. have a house you know right and, right, right. Just rather not. Just keep my whole paycheck as it is. And I don't know, like I said, how common that is. but uh, It's very common. Yeah. It's very common. And you'd be surprised how many people, it takes us, I guess, to another part of the conversation. A lot of people don't want to get out of it. They, Danny, they don't. Yeah. And they've got just enough. They've got community kitchen that gets them through the week. Yeah. They've got the handouts. They can go to a different church and a get a different something. church every day and get clothes pan, and food. Get panhandle right here on the street. Yeah, somebody can give them whatever, and they can just eke by, and that's it. And and sadly, that's how they live. And you know, we've had scores—not scores. That's wrong. Okay, scratch that. We've had. Multiple people that we ha- I have been with that have passed away since we've started mm. this. They've passed away due to COVID, due to illness, due to suicide, and it's just tragic to know that no matter how hard you loved them, how much you prayed for them, that was still the trajectory of their life. Yeah, and I want to I want to say that. We can save them all. Yeah, you know, and yeah. Everybody be kumbaya, and it's all cool and groovy. Everybody's gonna have a home. We're gonna we're gonna get them home with mama or their husband or their daughters or their their all their loved ones, and everything's gonna be all okay yeah. and cool. It it's just doesn't have that kind of happy ending like a Hallmark a Hallmark oh, TV man. made for movie kind of thing yeah. does. You know, that's that's heartbreaking, man. Because you, you do to to do the thing you're talking about. It's it's your whole heart, right? You're pouring you all of yourself into this. You do. 
and you see this person and they don't want your help or they don't know how to respond to it. And, you know, you got this this whole gamut that you've kind of laid out for us in terms of who's who. But, man, I, you know, somebody asked me a couple episodes back on here, as a matter of fact, what would what would I do about the homeless epidemic? Because it's everywhere. Right? It's everywhere. We're, we're in a small it's not, town. Not Floyd, Rome, Ca- Ca- Rome, yeah. uh, Rome, Georgia, Floyd we're County. We're an hour it's away from Atlanta, right? There's yeah. a lot of woods between here and there. You know, but we've yeah. got our own issue the same way they do. Yeah. Have we – have we incentivized this lifestyle for these people like we're talking about? In a way we have. Yeah. In a way we have. And, you know, do, and I was thinking about this driving over, do we, do we enable this population to continue to just subsist at that bare minimum? Yeah. Are we? Is, Is Levy Church doing that? And some people could argue, yes, you are, Wes. But then again, I have to go back to what Greg Cater says. No one truly wants to be in this state. They're either they truly don't want to be there, but sometimes they're just they're so far down and so far gone that they, they will they will concede to this is as good as it's going to get, and that's where they're going to stay. Yeah, and we got to love them where they are. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they'll 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 never be without any addiction. You know, they'll never get out of not being drunk all the time. Mm. And they, they do know that Jesus Christ is their Lord and Savior. They, they know that, but they, they won't ever get out of that. They won't, they will never come out of it. And, yeah. and we've got to just, we have to accept that. Right. And love them where they are. Well, I, I appreciate that about the way that you've explained things here. And you talk about vetting people and you guys are not just handing out a bunch of cash and, you know, let us pay all your bills. And yeah, right. Take several weeks to figure right. that out. Yeah. But it's not just, you know, you're not out here going, we can save them all. If we just, you know, just give us a little more money and we'll take care of these people. And you you guys understand you're coming in with realistic expectations. Always. That not only might you not be able to help them in any way, but they might come in and disrupt your your church service or, you know, be a real problem or any of those things, but you extend that grace anyway Mm -hmm. and you open the door for them to come in. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, yeah, and I struggle with that, you know, with the encounters that I have out here, do I, is this the person that I give five bucks to? Is this the person I take across the street and buy them lunch? You know, do they, do they really need help with their bills? Do they, Mm -hmm. you know, and, because you know, I get approached by people, and they, and you get these stories. You've heard them. Mm-hmm. And it seems like the more like detailed the story is, the less likely it is to be true a lot of times. Yeah. Um, yeah. The guy comes up and goes, hey, true. I just need help with my water bill. Yeah, okay, mm-hmm. cool. But then, yeah, I got a job, and I make money, but all my bills came out at the wrong time. I didn't expect it. Now, you know, and it's a story, and you go, okay, well, probably not. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I struggle with that, I, as I, I'm sure any true believer would. Somebody approaches you, and they mm-hmm. – they're not wearing nice clothes, and maybe they smell because they hate, they don't have you know hadn't had a shower in a couple of days. Whatever it is, we're trying to you know split that hair and goes is this the person that I help or is that not mm-hmm. or? Mm-hmm. But it's tough without that relationship. If you don't have it, knowing these people, if you don't have that, it's really hard to then make that transaction. Yeah, and that's the most important part. And. There's one thing about a transaction, like me and you sitting here, and I'm going to sell you my pocket knife. Yeah. And in that transaction, how much value is in that pocket knife? If we don't instill some value in the tra- in the conversation or in the relationship, then that yeah. transaction is not going to be real comfortable, or it's not going to be real easy, or yeah. 
So there has to be valuable. They have to see value in us, and they have to know. <clears throat> yeah. We see value in them. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, we're all children of God, and that's we're valuable. Yeah. We're extremely yeah. valuable. Yeah. We're valuable to the kingdom. You're valuable to the kingdom, just like I am. Right. Um, you know, you was talking about grace a second ago, and I'm reminded with something that Ken Ward he he'd always you know he'd always say you know what does Paul always start out with his letters, grace and peace. Yeah, grace and pe- grace comes before the peace, except right. for one of the letters. I think it's peace before grace, but yeah, I think I don't know which typically one grace though. Yeah. But it's typically grace. That he yeah. says, grace and peace be with you. Or in, 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 he opens up the letter. And a lot of people just think that you just got to, you know, butter them with kindness or something. But just the grace to know that this person is probably not going to react to me like I think he's going to. Right. And how do I respond to that? Yeah. And and in that transaction, then you just, you you allow them to just be whoever they are. Yeah. They're not going to give you their best. Right. They're just not. Yeah. They're, they're either going to be drunk or they're not. They're going to be angry. Yeah. Or they're going to be sad or they're going to be. There's no telling. Right. But you have to give them that grace. And if you don't, you you can't trans, you can't transact that the opening of that relationship. And a lot of people just get that wrong. Right. Because they thought, well, he's a, well, he, he didn't appreciate anything that I did for him or he didn't. He didn't even say thank you. Nah. The gall. Yeah. No, they're not going to know how to say thank right. you because that, they've never taught them. Well, to well say that's thank the difference, you. right? They don't know. They, they don't, don't understand. They've yeah. never been taught, Danny. Yeah. So, you know, I think we have to get it. It's got to get down to a, really the basic blocking and tackling of relationships. Yeah. And, and I can't speak for a lot of the other organizations here in town, but we try to get to know them. And yes, we know them by name. Yeah. I walk up to them and. Talk to my name now. There's a couple of them that I'll forget their names. I mean, I can't. I'm terrible with names. I got eight kids, man. I can't remember. (laughs) But but you know, it's it's one of those things where it it gets back to the relationship. And one Mm -hmm. thing that that Ken and Greg and Mark and all the other guys have taught me is that you can't let you can't you can't ever take it personal. Like you can't. I think the th- the guy with that that walked off the thing in LJ, I put too much emotion in that because hmm. I thought, okay, we're gonna save this dude. How can he's he gonna, not? He's man. gonna he's gonna come out. He's gonna be he's gonna be dry. He's gonna be free of methamphetamines. He, he's gonna get a job. He's gonna be fruitful. He's gonna he's gonna have a family. And I was just like thinking all these great yeah. thoughts and and it broke my heart. Well, how could you not, though? You know what I mean? Like, if yeah. you're pouring all this into that guy, how could you not have that heart and that hope for right. this guy? Mm-hmm. And I don't know, maybe that changes your perspective and you, you still have that hope, but you're also realistic on the other end going, this you know, this might not work mm-hmm. out. And maybe that saves you heartbreak, or maybe it doesn't. And, and you know, the, the, the quote that Ken gave me, and, and we, we often joke about it quite often, is that, you don't watch, you're going to have egg on your face. Yeah. And the thing is, you're always going to have egg on your face. Yeah. Yeah. If you're going to do this, you're going to have egg on your face. Mm. And do not, 
get so emotionally invested until you know that all, all you've got to do is love them, give them the gospel, yeah. and let them know you care. Yeah. And when you do that, and you do that consistently, they'll know that, hey, this, this guy's legit. They all walk up to us, and uh, they know that they know that they can't walk up to us and ask us for a million dollars because they know we don't have it. Yeah, right, right. Or I can't, you know, I can't get them a house <clears throat> over here, or we can't do this. We do our best to do do what we can with the housing piece. Well, you guys wouldn't be having church in a parking lot if you had a million dollars, right? I mean, no, and that brings <laughs> up another thing. I was just like, you know, we got we had, once we we got the thing at Moe's was it, we kind of moved from Moe's. And we kind of got, we didn't get booted out, but we left there under a not good situation. Mm. And we went up to Community Kitchen. And we stayed at Community Kitchen up until COVID. Well, COVID just kind of, just it just cut the legs out from underneath. Yeah. But <clears throat> as I was mentioning to Chris a second ago, it did not have the population that we wanted. Right. Because you got a lot of people that have homes, that have a that have cars, yeah. That have phones. Mm-hmm. They're still going to get a free meal. They're going to do that. That's what they do. Right. That's and and I don't. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying anything bad about that demographic. Sure. But we wanted to serve the people who have nothing. Well, that's the people with the phones and the cars and the house are not the least of these. They're not. They're not the least of these. They yeah. can. They can get a job. If they. If they. If they. They could work anywhere in town, and yeah. they could be self-sufficient. They could do just fine because they have a place. They have they have a lot of needs taken care of. Now, when COVID hit, that just kind of knocked our legs out from under us. So after the after all the lockdown stuff changed, Ken had met with a guy named Charles Hilliard, and he's running Park Outreach, and he meets down here at Heritage Park, and it's expensive. Yeah. To reserve the park. Well, we wasn't paying anything. We would go in and give Charles a little bit of money. We'd like to have done it every week, but we couldn't do it. We just didn't have the cash. Right. Um, and then it, Floyd, uh, Floyd Rome, Rome and Floyd Parks Recreation caught wind of it, and they didn't like the fact that we he was letting us do it without paying him. You're piggybacking on his we was permit. piggybacking. Yeah. <laughs> but... We're only down there for an hour and a half. Right. And all we're doing is feeding people, giving them the gospel, loving on them, and that's yeah, it. Nothing yeah. big. Wasn't creating a mess. I mean, it, you know, we get, we kept it managed. Um, And they found out about it, and they basically forced us to say, you can't do this unless you pay $135 for the spot, which is an hour and a half. Ugh. And that's that's all I'm going to say about it. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. luckily, the Lord, He said, "Okay, we'll we'll take care of this." So we get a parking lot over on First Avenue, and that's where we are now. Yeah. So we've been in several different places, and we're still we're you know nothing on Charles because Charles do Charles is paying for you. No, doing Charles great is, ministry. Uh, yeah, I love Charles Hill. He's a great guy. He he has a very focused. Um, very regimented program, mm-hmm. and I'm telling you, he does God's work. I'm telling you, Charles Hilliard is a saint. Yeah, and um, everything he does at Park Outreach is great. 
but we get a few of those folks before he gets them and yeah. we minister to them as well and they came they come in there just a little bit softer we think yeah um yeah. and ready for well, his message so well, that's what it's about right i mean you know we're sitting in our church right now and maybe somebody you know comes to my church for a time you've been to a church that you don't go to anymore right so yeah. have I. we yeah. all have you know and right. it's it's a it's a stages of life thing and it's you know you've reached the end of your time where this relationship is effective for both people and you move on mm-hmm. so what you guys did was prime those people for mm-hmm. what charles is doing and it's right. Right. i don't care where you go to church as long as you go you know as long as you go to church i always tell people there's eight billion people who haven't been to my church like it's okay if you don't come go go to the one down the street i don't care yeah that's right but yeah you guys working together on that and that's yeah and we we have we've always worked together i don't think um you know from a homeless ministry standpoint we have never not worked well with anybody else i mean it's always been you know we'll help you They'll help us, and it's just been great. Yeah. So there's not that one group that don't want to work with you. No, that's right. not the case. Um, we would have liked, you know, you know, for the city county government to have helped us out a little bit. No one. We're not doing them a service, okay? Right. Yeah. We're not. Levy Church is not doing the community a service. And somebody says, "Well, you're doing everybody a service." No, we're not. No, that's not what that is. We're a charity. Yeah. And that charity gives as much as we can within the reasonable confines of our budget. Yeah. And we're going to continue to do that until the Lord calls us to do something else. Yeah. Yeah. That's all um, you can do. That's all you can do. Yeah. So, um, yes, we're, we would have liked to have had that shelter because let me tell you something, Dean. When February rolls around here, there'll be some days in the 20s. Yeah, and I've been down there. Well, we had a river. couple last week, and you know, it's cold and it's raining, and right now we don't have shelter. Mm. So you know, I think you had mentioned a second ago before we got started. Um, would you like a place with a roof? I'd love to have a place with a roof. Yeah, but it's like you were talking about a minute ago about the guy with the car and the insurance and all that stuff. Would have to maintain all that. Yeah, would have to manage that. Would have to manage. Would have to clean the bathrooms. Would have to, would have to um, manage it being locked and closed yeah, up. Yeah, people wanting to, after it's over, wanted to hang out, and stay under the pavilion if it was raining. Well, what if it's raining? You're just going to dump them out in the street? So right. Leave? I mean, come on, they don't have a home to go to. Right. They can't right. go home. They can't go go out and get in the car and go home and watch a ball game. Yeah. You know. Um. So what are you going to do? So it's, you have to consider it all. Right. Um, Greg and I, we. We often said, gosh, if we ever played the lottery, if we ever won the lottery, <laughs> we built a really nice building. To, yeah, yeah. To, to, you know, at least have a service where we these people could come in and out of the weather. How many people are we talking about on average? So that's a good question. So during the winter months, uh, it runs to about 15 to 25 people. Hmm. On into the spring, we'll get 20 to 40. Summer, we could max out to 50. Oh wow! We've had as many at the levee as sixty people in our in our service before Charles gets a hold of them. Yeah, so huh. it varies. Now it varies, and you know I was telling you about you know you'll have we've had people that's been with our ministry or the ministry that we do at Levee Church for right at ten years. Same homeless people been coming, so they have been 
church, quote unquote, members coming to that church at eight o'clock in the morning. Wow. There's an incentive there. They may get a biscuit or they may get a cup of coffee or we do give out sack lunches for the rest of the day. We'll have, we'll do a sack lunch thing. Um, That costs money. That's about a $75 tab. If somebody wants, ever wants to do something for us, Um, donate $75 to do sandwiches. But we've, we've got a, we've got a committed congregation. If you really think about it. Yeah. Well, that's what I was going to ask. You've got, you know, you, you talked about the numbers being flexing through one season to the next. What is your, your core? Everybody's got a core group. What is your Mm -hmm. core group like? I say a core group is probably going to be 12 to 12 to 18 people. Yeah. And it's the same people. We know them by name. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, you guys are not way different than us here at Rome Reform Church numbers wise. You know, we're, we're 30 on a good day. And then we're, you know, that solid 18, 20 every Sunday. Mm. So we're, you know, right in the same ball. We're not 10 years old, but, <laughs> but, but again, we don't have, we don't have deacons. There's not, yeah, there's not yeah. a pastor. Uh, it's more like a fellowship. And, right. Um, to say we have titles, we don't, none of us have titles. We just, I call ourselves chaplains and volunteers cause Greg Cater is, um, is a chaplain. He's a chaplain at Atrium health over here yeah. mark huckabee you know he you are too right i am a chaplain yeah. i am uh, uh i'll call chaplain at, over at atrium uh as well and um and then we have some folks from different pastors will come in david humphreys will come in and do some chaplain work with us I had and dave on here a couple episodes i love back. david humphreys he's a great guy he's fantastic um, yeah. he is fantastic he's really good with kids uh good speaker um uh, ken ward is is an is an anomaly. Let's talk about Ken. Go ahead and roll it out. I've got a Ken story for you. I, I love Ken, and yeah. I can't I can't not talk about Ken because Ken is the chaplain's chaplain because you know he's a combat medic, um, tours in Afghanistan, Iraq, seen stuff that we probably would not be able to just deal with. Yeah, and he knows how to love on people, mm-hmm. and he knows how to be direct yeah. with people. Um, and I adore him. He is a dear brother. Yeah. And um, and if there's anybody that I could go to in a real bad pinch, if I was in a real bad pinch, no matter what, if I was to go to him, he he is someone I know I could trust. Yeah. Without a doubt. Sure. Like your dad. Yeah. Your dad's the same way. Right. Ken is is without without the credentials, a chaplain. Yeah. And. He's probably got everybody beat with just the experience. So I, I just adore him. He does God's work, and he does God's work every waking hour of the day. And um, and I, I wish I could be like that. Sure. I, I'm not sure. that. I'm not oh, that. Oh, man. I've got to. So I don't know Ken really well. <laughs> I've met Ken half a dozen times. We've had one conversation maybe ever mm-hmm. um, but what I know about Ken everything I need to know about Ken I learned from a story David Jackson told me or your dad told you well it was, <laughs> it was Jackson has goes to Moldova you yeah, know with Jackson, that bunch yeah, so Jackson, he's over yeah, there with Ken and Ken gathers all this stuff to take with him all these yep. clothes and uh, toiletry items and all yeah, big giant like those big army duffel bags yep and when he gets back on the plane to come home, he is empty-handed and has the clothes he's wearing. That's it. Because he's giving it all away. Giving away his clothes. Some like, of the clothes he has. Yeah, the clothes all, yeah, off his back, literally. So you go to a foreign country 
with you know all the clothes you could ever need, and you 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 come back empty-handed because you've given everything you had away. That's right. That's why you do it. I mean, you, you look at, at, at a situation like that, and you're thinking of like the widow's might. You know, it wasn't a million dollars, but it was everything he had, everything he could round up right. and stuff into that bag. That's right. He took and gave it away. And I was like, well, I, I don't know this guy. We've never spent a ton of time together, but he sounds like a fantastic dude. If there's a SEAL team, a, a, a chaplain group that's a SEAL team, Kim would be in it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then they'd be like me. I'd be the wannabe that would want to be a part of that because I just – I would love to go to Moldova and Ukraine. Yeah. I I know that God is, I can feel it. I can feel it in my own, I can just feel it. The Spirit's telling me, Wes, it's coming, it's coming. I don't know what that is. Right. Uh, but I would love to go with him. Well, I bet you if you stand close to Ken long enough, you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, yeah, It'll he, reveal itself. He, he, he is, I'm telling you, um, he has, he has been uh, at Levy f- for, for when he was there. He was just he was Levy Church, really. Yeah, um, and um, he's just a warrior in every sense he, of the he word. He is a warrior. He is a warrior, and I know you appreciate that. And um, you know, a warrior doesn't necessarily have to be the guy that's going to beat somebody up. A warrior yeah. has to just have courage, just to go into it. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and Ken, Ken is that. Yeah, absolutely. But it's that, it's that heart, that servant heart. It is. You know, above all else. It is. And, uh, you know, if we, if we can't go into ministry with that heart, we don't have any business in ministry, mm-hmm. whatever ministry looks like, mm-hmm. you know, and it's not, it, it would be easy for you on a Sunday morning as you're handing out biscuits to pull your phone out and pop a selfie and go, Hey, look what, look how awesome yeah. I am. Look yeah. what I'm doing. Yeah. yeah. But that 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 Ken Ward type of ministry that you know that you guys are doing is that's a different animal, yeah. and it's not uh, it's not a hey look at me thing. Mm. You're with a bunch of guys who don't care who gets the credit. Mm. Uh, God gets the credit. God gets the glory. He gets it. He gets yeah. it. Yeah. The only reason I put on Facebook is to show awareness of what we do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, you guys are asking for help. Well, you know, yeah, I'm asking. I'm asking. Hey. You know, I, 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 you know, we need to, we need to, um, we need your help. Yeah. I think one time I talked to a guy. I know the guy really well. Um, worked with him for years. Um, he said, you know, those people need to just get a job and go to work. <laughs> and, yeah. um, and 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 I think hearing that it that statement comes with the absence of love hmm. because how can you have all the tre- what's, what's the scripture say how can how can you have all the treasures of the world and not give to your what is it first john i think yeah first john and not and not have the love in your heart for your fellow man and again you have to love them first yeah well, that's, you know, they, the disciples asked Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? And the first one, of course, was love God. But the second one was to love your neighbor as yourself. That's hard to do. It is. It, I don't want to do That's uncomfortable. No, it is. You it's know? uncomfortable. We got to, you know, you know, it's just really hard to do. And but it, But if God calls you, if you're called... And this could, this could be its own podcast there, Danny Burnham. Roll it out. Um, so... If you're called 
in most cases, when someone's called, it's not something you wanted to happen. Yeah. Because I did not plan to be in a homeless ministry for seven years and it just completely just go crazy and we have you know 501c3 and we're helping other we're helping people and god's doing things and it was god's call to get me out of a comfort zone so that he could use me and what he just wanted to use wes he didn't want wes to get anything right because he knows what kind of lowly scumbag I've been for a majority of my life. Yeah, yeah. Bless your heart. Not anymore. Not anymore. But yeah, it's it's Thank not. We, we're not effective in our comfort zones. You know, if we just do the same things we've always done, I could open this door on Sunday morning and go, "Well, I hope somebody shows up to hear me talk." Mm-hmm. You know, but that that can't be what it is. It can't be about me and it's what not, I want and. It's not, it's, it's not ministry otherwise. It's you know, not. Because it, you're, you're, it's about me as opposed to the love that I'm supposed to have for my neighbor. Yeah. And, man, I don't know another ministry around here that exemplifies it more than what you guys are doing. Uh, well, I appreciate that. No, nah, you, you talked about working together with other homeless ministries, and I think about the church across the street, and I don't know. I've I've met the pastor before, but we don't work together. And then – there's another church that meets down here, and I know this guy too, but we don't work together, and, and they don't work together. And, you know, I'll drive past seven churches to get to the church that I go to, and we won't even have a barbecue with the church across the street from us. Wow. The kingdom work has got to be more Amen. important than that, right? Amen. Amen. Yeah. And, you know, what? that's one of the things that, you know, we'll have uh, about two years ago, we had a lot right at the end of COVID, right as COVID was getting done, people wanted to get back into it, and people were – Hey, can we come down? Can our church come down? We had yeah. a couple of churches and had one guy get up there and he just kind of started doing his own thing. And I said, well, wait a minute now. This is not about XYZ church. Yeah. This is about loving these people right here. Right. And we had to pull him off a little bit and say, look, this is not about your it's personal not agenda. This is. this is not your personal agenda. Yeah. This is not your pulpit. This is a place where we're going to love on people. Yeah. And we're going to care for their basic needs today. Today. today, Right. And we're going to pray with them, pray for them, and love them, and show that we care and start and foster relationships. Um, again, it, to me, that's the most important part. Yeah. And if you don't do that, then... You go down there and yell at them that, that they're going to hell if they don't get their life together. Oh, you're wasting your time. You're, you're just you're wasting your time. Yeah, you're wasting your time. Yeah. Well, this has not been a waste of time. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Well, um, I have to. We'll have you back on, and you can bring Mark Let's and Greg do. with you next time. I would love to have Mark and Greg because I Mark, you know, you know Mark and, and yeah, and Greg, and let them talk about it because I think the more we get it out to talk about. Levy Church and 3LM and churches like Redemption and Life Church and yeah. Rush Chapel. Kurt Robbins at Rush Chapel and that men's group, when mm-hmm. I went to talk to them about that, at first they were like, I don't know what we ought to do, you know. And then finally, once they did it and you saw their hearts, and I said, okay, they have hearts like mine, like, you know, and it's, yeah, yeah. You, you see this brotherhood yeah. and sisterhood begin to develop, right? That they really truly want to do this. And you see that it, 
Oh my gosh, the blessings that you get from that. Oh my gosh, Danny. Makes it all worth it, right? It does. Good yeah. stuff, man. Well, we're going to jump off right there. I appreciate it. I'm, no, thank you. Thank you for coming on. Thank and you, uh, like you. I said, we'll do it again. And Let's do it. Um, you guys got a website or anything? Yes, we do. Um, that's uh, it's 3lmofrome.com. Uh, There's a donate page. You can donate as much as you want or as little as you want. Um, you can go there and see. I created the website. Started our uh, our 501c3 back in May of 2022. And, um, but we have a donate place. We have a place that kind of tells you what we do, mm-hmm. who we serve, and uh, I want to do more with it. Uh, we do have a we have a corporate we have corporate sponsorships, mostly churches, but we do have a corporate sponsorship here in town. It's J Supply. Good I deal. Work with J Supply, and they donate to us each month. And we'd love to see some companies come in there yeah, and donate sure. and just help and yeah. be a part of the community and, and to be a place for them. And um, it, again, it'd be a good, it'd be a good thing for a company to get involved. Absolutely, uh, with their community. Yeah, good deal. All right. Well, thank you, man. Absolutely. Thank God. you. God bless you guys. We love you. See you next time. Thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe.